Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with the one and only Becca Bakre. Becca works with high achieving women who seek clarity, balance, and confidence to break free. She provides virtual one-on-one coaching sessions, guided retreats, and workshops to women and women-focused organizations who desire to take the limits off. Becca is the owner of Captivative Coaching, a firm that exists to help women escape and heal from broken patterns. Captivative Coaching also provides organizational coaching to companies seeking to align with healthier cultures and systems that do not oppress their most valuable player, the woman. Becca is an author who writes to help women of color see their power and experience their fullest potential. She's the author of the Black Women in Leadership Survival Guide and Go Be Her. When Becca is not coaching, you can find her on her blog, outdoors, tending to her earthy side, snuggled up under a book, or rocking out to something with a beat sampled from the 70s. Welcome, Becca. Thank you so much. I'm blushing at my own bio. <laughs> that was so here. Yes, that is amazing. So everybody, I purposely left out Becca's current location because for those of you who may be meeting her for the first time, her background is not a screensaver. It is real. But um, the reason it looks like that is because she is no longer in the US. So I'm going to let her explain a little bit about that. So Becca, let's start with that. Where are you right now? And how have you gotten to this point in your life? Oh, good grief. That is a big question. So hi, everyone. It's so, so good to be here. Like I just, I'm just loving the energy. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. But I live in Costa Rica. As you can hear, the birds are my chorus on a daily basis. Oh, it's just so much fun. As a life coach, this is like my dream. And like, to be honest, that's really what brought me here. I decided after 2020, and the need to just heal from all like the collective trauma that was taking place and all of the trauma that I have absorbed from the line of work that I do, that I wanted to be somewhere that allowed me to not be as affected by my environment, but allowed me to transmute and heal and grieve and release as often as I am taking on and helping heal, et cetera, and walking people through their journeys. So I was, you know, kind of at a place where I was like, okay, I want to be somewhere different. Where would that be? And I couldn't think of anywhere in the U.S. that I would be able to have all the elements that I was looking for. I'm really big on nature. I thrive in nature. 2020 birthed a beautiful garden in my backyard. Um, I have a highlight reel on my store on my um, IG that I love people to like tell tell people about because it like started literally as like a graveyard, like a dump yard from before my house was um, mine. And so that was the discovery. I discovered I really needed to be in nature in order for me to thrive and do the work that I do. And I always wanted to come to Costa Rica. It was kind of one of those bucket list things. I used to joke that, um, not even joke, like I would tell people that I was dating, not even gonna lie, I'm a super transparent person. So y'all just get ready for this conversation. Um, when I was dating, I was like, if we, get, if we get married, I want us to honeymoon in Costa Rica or you can propose to me there. Like it was just one of those things that I would always kind of say, save for that moment. But when I realized at the top of 2021 that those things weren't happening for me right away, why would I put my life on hold and put those dreams on hold for something that, you know, could be potentially years and years from now. Like, what, what am I actually saying about my worth? 
And, you know, I prayed about it and things just really lined up. And then it happened. I found a really cheap ticket. Um, I had actually done a, um, a writing challenge for three days. And through that challenge, it kind of like reminded me of this project that I had put off from 2018. And God kind of just rebirthed um, the idea. He had been challenging me since 2018 to be still and finish the book really being transparent here, but I literally would ask like, God, when am I going to get married? When am I going to have like all of those things? And he's like, but this book though, like you, and I, he kept, I, I was kind of feeling like he just wanted that name on the book. Like my maiden name needs to be on the book before I step into these other things. So for whatever reason, like that was kind of the challenge, but I just kept putting off, putting it off. So nevertheless, I'm having, he's reminded me of all of this again. And when I was doing that three-day challenge and it was, I was finally at a point where I was being still enough that I was like, you know what, we're doing this. Like, I'm going to order order my life to make this happen. Everything is remote right now. I can take my job wherever I, you know, I want to work remotely and then find the peace to write. I lived in a really urban city, a very urban neighborhood, and I'm also a very loving person. So my attention goes in different places. I knew that I needed to be somewhere where I wasn't going to be attracting that attention or giving that attention so that I could finish this project. So at the end of that three days, um, I was feeling really, really invigorated about these writing projects. It had kind of birthed more, more than just the one. Three projects came to mind. Three of them were really set in motion just in that three-day period. And wow. then at the end of that three-day period, they had offered a 21-day boot camp. And it cost as much as I had in my bank account. And I was just like, Lord, what is actually happening? Am I supposed to do this? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, but where, how am I supposed to do this when I'm like still living in this space where I'm feeling very restricted? I'm feeling very fearful. I'm feeling very cold. I, I lived in Baltimore. It was like the dead of winter. And I just like, didn't feel like doing anything. I don't like doing things in the winter time. So he was like, Costa Rica. Remember how we talked about Costa Rica? And I was like, huh? I literally went, looked up the flight. It said $76. I was like, double, huh? I went and I looked at Airbnbs and they were like so crazy cheap. And then I did, so I, had, I had already done a little bit of research about living there as a digital nomad. And it was one of the top places in the world to go. Cost of living was very affordable. Accessibility to Wi-Fi and things like that were affordable. So it became a no-brainer. It was like, wow, I'm going to go to, to Costa Rica for 21 days. At that point, I had already decided I was putting my house on the market. It was a market for sellers. And I knew that I just wanted to do something different and something radical. And I wanted to leave Maryland. So there was the option to rent it out or to leave um, completely. And I went with you know, the selling route. I put it on, on the market. I had a team help me do everything remotely while I remotely worked in Costa Rica and wrote this book. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And 21 days turned into... 21 days turned into two completed manuscripts and another one on the way, a house that already had an offer made on it, and just the comfortability of just feeling like, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be. To be honest, I knew within the week of me being there that it was home. It just felt so much like home. I had grown up around Latinos. I grew up in Houston. I had a Spanish-speaking babysitter. Like I would watch telenovelas with her all day. Like by force, but it helped me understand the culture, understand the language, have a deep appreciation for it. I went to schools that were very diverse. It was typically a mix of black people and Latinos 50-50. When I came to Maryland, that was actually the first experience that I had in a school where the, the population was majority white and it shook me. But my experience was with Latinos and African-Americans. So being in Costa Rica where that's all, you, that's all there is with the exception of you know tourists that come, the gringos as they say, 
So it felt more like home than anywhere that I had been since I had left Texas. I was familiar with the language, familiar with the culture, loved the food. What? Tacos every day of the week? I'm joking. There's so much more than tacos. There's gallo pinto. There's um, just all of the rich culture. Oh my gosh, I'm just getting so excited talking about it. But yeah, can you tell? It was home. And when I was sitting there trying to figure out, Lord, and, and I just said it too. I said the last 500 in my account, mind you, I have accounts stored up, but I had trained myself not to see that. And because of that, I was living a very, very, very modest lifestyle because I'm planning for the future. And what God said to me is like, stop restricting yourself so much in the future. You need to have a balance. Like, yeah, I understand you want to have security in the future, but that all to a degree lacks trust because there are things that I need you to do right now with the money that I have given to you to help that future come to be. And you're thinking that the only way for you to get there is for you to save aggressively. So I was talking to a mentor and then she had talked about how when she had gone through a divorce and she didn't have access to money, she borrowed from her from her account. So through those, the ordering of those steps, I with I borrowed the money, withdrew that um, amount, hit my account in two days. These are things that I had no idea were possible. And so I was like, yeah, no more living in this box of fear. Let me just use what I can, grow that, and then build this business as he's calling me to. I had the vision. I've always wanted to um, be a life coach that hosted retreats. Like that was the vision that I had in my early 20s. And I just didn't see it happening this year. And so here we are, fast forward to me, like surrendering everything and just stepping into the fear bubble and trusting that he was going to order my steps. And he has. So after 21 days, it was like a, it was like every day was just like tiptoeing, like, OK, I hope I'm doing this right. I hope I don't fail. I hope I'm doing this right. I hope I don't fail. And every day he was equally saying, I got you. Trust me. Go here. Do this. Meet that person. So in that journey, I met a woman named Angela whose house had every characteristic of the house that I was letting go of. And it was hard for me to make the decision to let, to let go of my house. And that's the thing, we, we like to hold on to our things and we yeah. forfeit our dreams for the sake of holding on to these things. But she literally had a garden that was just like mine. I had a couple of like palm trees and like, you know, the tropical things that I couldn't, you know, cultivate in a Baltimore environment, but it just had the same air. She was a believer. Like the scriptures that were on her wall were like my life scriptures. There were just so many tokens that just showed me that God, was in this house and he was showing me and he connected me to her for a reason and her name is Angela hello Angel Angel like he literally was sending me angels across the way she put me in touch with an immigration lawyer her her immigration lawyer because she had been here for 40 years but she had migrated from um Germany so white woman just an angel just amazing and so that was all the confirmation it was like as I was needing things God was providing them he provided the lawyer he provided the footsteps, he provided, you know, the safety, the security, the finances, everything. So each day was a, a walk of faith, but every day he would just remind me like, you're okay, you're okay. When he told me to leave my job, I'm like, bruh, you're wildin'. That was like my security. It was kind of like, I'm gonna do this for as long as I can until I gotta go back. And he was like, nah, like you're here. I've been ordering your steps, let's do this thing. So I did that. I still have a lot of favor with them. They're actually going to, um, they want me to come back on a contract, which is beautiful because the way that I've developed my biz my business, um, as you read in the bio, like I work one-on-one -on -one with women, but I also work with companies just to kind of help bring ease and flow to how their operations work so that it can be conducive to women like myself. Um, so yeah, that's been it. It's been a faith walk completely. So I, the first month of me leaving that job, I had my, my calendar was full because I had the freedom to now present this message and I was the, and to like communicate with women who resonated with my message and get them on my calendar. And then, you know, every month since then it's just been me tinkering at it to get more and more clear. 
So yeah. it, next month, by God's grace, I'll be relaunching my business with my website and then hopefully my book will be ready by then. Right now it's in the design phase for the book cover and I'm just excited for women to experience it. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is amazing. So I just am in awe of just even your journey to this point, because it's one thing to talk about walking in faith, but to actually do it and do it in a way where almost all of the steps you're taking are completely unfamiliar you to the point that you're even relocating, not just relocating, but relocating to a new country, not even sure how long you're going to stay there. And now a 21 day, what you thought was a 21 day respite has turned into a completely new life, completely booming business. I mean, I just, I'm completely in awe of this. So, and so for you all who are listening and watching, I am really using this episode to catch up with Becca. So I'm just inviting you all into the chat because <laughs> I have talked with her briefly via social media um, since she relocated, but to actually hear this entire experience and the backstory has just been something that I have been wanting to do for a really, really long time. So thank you, Becca, for um, for being with us today. <laughs> So to catch up. Yes, definitely, definitely. So um so I wanted to ask you what is can you can you let us know just what life coaching is? Because right now, at least I've been in a season where it seems like everybody has a coach for everything and you know, it's just whatever problem you have, there is some coach for it who's doing it now right so what is the what is a life coach and then what's the difference between life coaching and maybe some other forms of therapy nice so the question that i get the most is what is the difference between life coaching and therapy and my answer to that is life coaching focuses on moving forward where therapy tends to deal more with what happened in the past so the goal of therapy is to identify the part the parts of your past that are inhibiting you and once you've gone through kind of that exploration and you're aware of your triggers, you're aware of how this has affected you and you're feeling strong enough to move forward, then life coaching can be that next step to help you now gain the tools and the strategies, knowing what you know now about yourself to move forward with ease and without the burden of that trauma, without the burden of what it might look like in comparison to other people. So it's really personal. Like we really, the, 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 the training that I went through was co-active training, and we really focus on the person as being whole. So no matter what you come with, no matter what um, failures you might think that you have or might uh, limitations you think you have, we believe that every person is naturally resourceful and whole. And so with that, no matter what you're coming with, we're able to dance in the moment and pull from it what's needed in order for you to move forward. Because a lot of the times we are measuring ourselves up against society standard or our neighbors or you know people our peers our people in our in the workforce whatever it may be and i truly believe that we are all uniquely designed for a purpose in this world and a lot of us are forfeiting what that purpose is and fulfilling it because we're trying to align with somebody else's measurement and standard and so the goal of the coach is simply to serve the agenda of the client and that's your agenda it's not a global agenda it's not your mama's agenda it's not your best friend's agenda. It's really understanding you, listening to you from where you are right now, and then helping guide you forward based on what you desire, sans all of the other influences. 
Got it. Got it. No, that's an excellent explanation. So how do you decide then between, you know, therapy versus coaching? Because it seems like maybe you could benefit from both depending on where you are. Would you recommend, you know, doing one before the other? Absolutely. So great question. There are clients who that I work with who have both. And it tends to be necessary, especially in the climate that we're in right now, because you can desire to move forward, but the constant daily trauma that we're absorbing, like you need to be able to sit with someone and unpack that trauma as well. And so it's great to have a balance of both, really understanding yourself and what your needs are and then deciding what you need. How I am able to determine it, I have a discovery call, which is basically like a, basically like a free mini session where we're getting to know each other. You're coming with what your challenges are. And then I'm actually walking you through those challenges as a coach. I'm listening to you. I'm pointing things out. I'm reflecting things back to you. I'm giving you strategy, helping you move forward. But if there's something in the conversation that leads me to believe that there is potentially a need for therapy, then I'm going to point you in that direction. And from that, you can decide, okay, I really enjoyed the tools that you gave me and the conversation that we had. So I'm going to do both. I'm going to find a therapist and then I'm also going to book you. And then there are some people who decide, yeah, actually I am not acknowledging the fact that I might be depressed. I'm not acknowledging the fact that my anxiety is getting to a point where it's completely inhibiting me. And if those things are inhibiting you, then it's going to be hard to move forward. There's not it's there while life coaching is magic to a degree like we like to call it magic because we're dancing in the moment and we're imagining and we're having fun and like you know we talk about it in that way but it isn't magic we can't just like zap you well if there are things that are inhibiting you and I don't feel comfortable or confident in being able to deal with that and I can't diagnose you then I'm going to definitely refer you to therapy so tip basically if you if it's something that's inhibiting you from moving forward like you have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning you have a hard time doing the basic things that you need to, you know, exist as an adult, then you probably are in need of therapy. And you can definitely utilize those tools and experiences and then decide when you feel strong enough to move forward. But when it comes to life coaching, it's very much forward focused. And it can feel actually traumatic and perpetuating your like it's perpetuating your trauma if there's someone trying to pull you forward, but you have like these weights that are holding you down. And that's unethical in the in the field of coaching so we have to be really honest and say hey this is actually i'm not able to serve you because of this and this is how i believe that you can um better serve yourself got it got it well it, it sounds like life coaching then would be a great place to start even if you're not sure which one that you need because at least you know having that initial discussion you would be someone who can say okay these are things that would fall under life coaching this is what we can help with in this area but for these other areas this is where therapy would would best serve you so i think that is that's a great combination to have so so let's rewind a little bit and talk about just your journey to even be build your confidence in your coaching because you know the theme of this podcast is confidence and creativity so i always like to ask people what helped them to build to where they are now i mean because everything that you described definitely takes confidence i mean confidence to go outside of your comfort zone confidence to even maybe ignore people that said, hey, Becca, are you sure you're going to want to do this? Is this safe? Is it okay? Is this God? You know, all of the above, you know, so how did you build your, I guess I would say your confidence with coaching first, and then even just talk about how that exuded in other areas or how that displayed in other areas of, of your life? That's a really great question. And I know that we want to start 
before, but I'm going to start with more recently and then okay. work backward. Sure. So recently, because of the fact that deciding to uproot and move to a foreign country can seem very outlandish and insane to people, I was faced with that. And I had actually reached a level of silence in my life intentionally that made it so that I didn't tell a lot of people. And that made it a lot easier for me to make the decision sans all of the other external influences and things like that. Now, there were some traumatic things that happened leading up to why I was so by myself and not talking to people, but it was the perfect recipe. And so that's why I feel like, to be completely honest, when I tell you God was trying to sit me down for a long time to write these books and to let me know that this was the path that he needed me on, and this is how what he birthed me to do, he was sitting me down on a regular basis with traumatic experiences. Car gets stolen, driving down 83 and a tire flies off somebody's and shatters the windshield while I'm driving it. Like there were things that were happening and every single time when I would go to God, I'd be like, what's going on? And he'd be like, sit still, sit still, sit still. But me being the busybody that I was, the person that was desiring impact, the people pleaser, if we're being completely honest that I was, I was always thinking, okay, let me sit still for a week. Let me write a little bit. But the next distraction that came or the next opportunity to go somewhere and be somewhere for somebody else that came, I was there and I was doing it. And so this particular situation made it so that he was like, okay, I got to get, I got to take it to the extreme. But I say all that to say that God made, created the environment where I was going to be by myself so that he could really speak to me and get these messages through to me. There have been times where I took leaps in my career. I left my job before the financial coaching position, left my job and went full-time coaching. And I would drive Uber wherever I could fit it in. And then I would coach my clients in between there. And it was exhausting, but that was a step that God had called me to, but it was not easy because I was like, I felt the pressure of people looking at me, like, is she going to succeed? Is she going to succeed? Is she going to fail? Et cetera. And so I do believe that God will concoct these opportunities in your life to really challenge your faith, to leap. And with that, if I had been more silent in those previous seasons, then it probably wouldn't have taken what it took this time. And I probably would have, you know, been here not necessarily Costa Rica per se but like in walking in the in the the faith of writing books and being the coach and things like that much more soon but there's always that pressure to appeal to people's expectations of you and the lifestyle that you think people desire of you and so those are the things that can kind of like cloud our voice cloud our vision and cloud our ability to hear God when you surrender all of that and it took unfortunate circumstances for me to finally surrender everything. Cause it's just like, I was stuck. I was just like, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and so that's, that forced me like in December, I took, I cleared all, cleared my calendar, told my clients that I wouldn't be available until um, mid January. Cause I knew that for 30 days, I was going to just seek the Lord. Like God, what is happening and how do I move forward? We don't do that. A lot of times we experience trauma, we move forward, whether it's in the workplace, it's at home, it's somewhere else. We feel like, okay, people are watching. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. I didn't care who was watching. Only person that I cared was who was watching was the people that was like actually watching me to see what I was going to do. And I had to get away from all of that. I actually went to Virginia, stayed with a friend on the farm. She was the one that told me about her experience with divorce and, you know, borrowing the money and things like that, access and finances. And, um, 
for two weeks, I was just in silence. Like she was like on a farm, like nothing for miles. And that was when God started to tell me, this is what you can do. This is the step that you can take. I got you. I'm protecting you. You're covered. And, and that's what it was. I had to get silent. And now I choose the silence. Like silence is gold to me. Silence is currency. If I've gone a week of being engaged, like I need a week of silence. And not everybody has the ability to do that. Not everybody is fortunate enough to do that. But I'm honest, like I'm, I've made some friends here. And since my birthday, they've wanted to let's celebrate, let's go out, let's go out. And yesterday I was like, bruh, not only am I tired, I need to hear from God. I go up to, you know, to a space every morning and I pray, but during the day, I still need it. It's not about like an hour of prayer. Like the way that my lifestyle set up, the way that I'm walking on water, the way that everything is like super faith-based, I need to hear his voice. And so now it's like, I don't even, I'm not even gonna tell you why I need space, but I need space. And so that's the it's like I'm not going to tell you why I'm being silent but I'm going to choose this silence and the reason why we have to do that we have to protect our silence is because this the world does not value silence the world values noise attention this you see it in the media if the media ever went silent a lot of people would go broke so they they thrive on noise same thing with you know artists and you know the music industry different stuff like that but silence, we have to understand that silence is gold. Silence fuels those other things. And so when, when he taught me the value of silence, when everything got silent after um, COVID, when we're all home by ourselves and we don't, we have to really rethink all, all of our decisions, that pushed me to a level of intimacy with God where I was just home on my face. Because it was uncomfortable as an extrovert, as a person who loves to give and pour out and you're now having to navigate it in a, in a different realm online. I'm like, God, where's this world going? I need, I need answers. And so I was like, I was like, Jacob, was it Jacob? I was like, Jacob, where I was like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Yeah. I'm not letting you go until I understand what is happening. And so I, 2020, a lot of time was spent um, in silence. A lot of time was spent fasting. And so what I do now is I fast, but sometimes I'll fast from food, but mostly I fast from noise. I fast from social media. I fast from just noise in general. I love music. Music ministers to me but I will spend time not listening to music and just walking around my apartment in silence and listening to the cues of God and writing what I'm discovering and piecing it together. Sometimes just laying in complete silence. And so that's something that I started to do. I discovered, um, I started thinking about silence, silence retreats. And I was just like, what if I went to, to Thailand or something and just like healed over there and just like stayed in silence. And he was like, why don't you just like have silence where you are? And so wow. actually, house the friend that I was staying with for I decided for a weekend I was just going to have my own personal silence silence retreat and I didn't tell her but she was like wondering like where I was and I just put my phone on airplane mode and for hours on end no distractions no influencers no you know what's the word um stimulants just yeah silence. and one our body heals when we're still our hearts heal, things come up that we weren't addressing. Our minds heal because our brains are at rest. And then he just, he's able to speak throughout the noise. Like he's, he's as gentle as the whisper. He's as gentle as like, you could search from him in the fire, search from the wind, like Elijah, um, like Elijah said, but he's gonna be in that still small voice. And so now when I'm thirsty, when I'm anxious, cause I actually dealt with anxiety from 2015 through into 2020. And it got really bad prior to 2020. And I thank God for this. I had actually told my job, 
I need a day at home the day before everything shut down. And it was almost like God was like, you want a day from home? Let me give you the, all, all the days. Cause I literally had, had had a conversation with my boss and it wasn't something that they did. They do not, we don't have remote positions, but I said, I need at least one day at home. Um, and we created a plan and she said, yeah. And the next day we were told that we weren't going to be coming back to the office. But after that, I was able to be still and slow down enough to like notice that my anxiety was being reduced significantly and spending more time with God, intimacy with God, understanding who he was, who he saw me as, what he called me to be and aligning with her as opposed to this other machine that I was trying to make myself ease the anxiety as well. And so, yeah, I don't want to speak too much on the diagnosis of, of, of anxiety, but there's a lot to be said about really understanding who you are and letting go of that fear and control and just aligning with that so that you can be free. And yeah. so I feel a lot freer. I feel a lot happier and healthier, more stable, more balanced, but it's not to say that I don't get anxious. I will start to feel myself that shortness of breath kicking in certain headlines might overwhelm me, you know, certain, you know, amounts of social media, et cetera. So once I feel it, I go within we try to push up against it. Like, no, got to get to this goal. Got to get to that aspiration. And that's ego. When you shift away from that and you focus on, okay, God, what are you saying right now? And then you go do that. And sometimes it's nothing because you've done enough. Then you feel that peace. Yeah. Wow. That, that's amazing. And you said, you said so much, but I think really what, what really resonated for me is, and this is something that, that no guest has said yet. Uh, so I think it's so awesome that you said it, but relating confidence to silence. And sometimes it is that we lack confidence because we are listening to all of the outside voices and outside stimuli, sometimes even unknowingly, but we're always just attached to it all the time. And so there's even some subliminal doubt or some subliminal discouragement, subliminal fears that get validated once we start scrolling or we start looking at headlines constantly. We don't realize how much those things are affecting us. So I think that is so, um, so important to recognize. I actually, I've never been on a silent retreat before, but I have been thinking more about it, um, about actually, you know, doing that and just using it as a form of, of healing for myself. So I have to touch base with you on that. But um, so another thing that I wanted to ask you about, because you were talking about how free you feel now. And that's definitely something that I have noticed just even through your social posts, your blog posts, just things like the last time that we actually have seen each other in person was probably about a year ago. Cause I believe we were celebrating our birthday. Cause I know we were both September babies hey. and just to see how joyful and how free you are now, it's just, like you always had that joy, but I, I definitely am seeing it in a whole new way now. Mm. So can you talk about that a little bit? Just kind of what has helped you in this season to have a new, um, I don't know if a level of freedom or a new um, expression of freedom and mm. just how has your faith even grown in that process? Mm. So it's really interesting because I know that a lot of people saw me as joyful and confident, but the more that I evolve and look back at who she was, I'm just like, how did they, like, what was that? 
And it's not to say that it wasn't joy, but there was just so much underneath that was burdening me. And I'm now that I'm, you know, full-time in coaching and like discovering so many more women like myself, I'm able to see it more easily, but there's something about us. We're able to exude joy, but deep down inside, we barely believe the things that people are saying. We barely believe that that it's true. Um, and it's a gift, it's a blessing, and I'm grateful for it, but I've healed things that I didn't know were there. Mm. I had a mother wound that I had that I didn't even know was there. I thought me and my mom were great, but when I got to into the silence and I realized like the relationships that I was choosing to stay in, et cetera, like they had created like deep pockets of pain and I wasn't allowing myself to believe that. And you know, the other thing about it, actually now that we're having this conversation, and we're being transparent, I think that Christianity to a degree taught me not to, mm. not to acknowledge that pain, love your mother, honor your mother. So it was like, okay, even though this is hurting me, I have to still love you and honor you. So naturally we do it. And then there's love your enemies. So it's like, even though this person shredded my heart in this relationship and then like stomped on it and then treated me like dirt after and then told a different story, I have to still love them in spite of what I'm feeling. And so I think it's really important that we acknowledge that there are constructs within faith that limit our ability to really deal with our emotions and or there's just not enough teaching about dealing with our emotions. There's a lot of the outer, the outer stuff, but not a whole lot about the inner stuff. And the Bible, and that's what the thing about it is, is like when I got silent, God started to reveal all of that to me. Like I'm familiar with the verse, Psalms 34, 18, that says God is near to the brokenhearted, but we literally use scripture as band-aid. It's just like, boom, someone dies, send them that scripture. Mm. That should do it. And it's just like, okay, but how do I actually deal with the fact that I feel like my life has ended and I'm still expected to move forward? And so because we were able to slow down, I was able to slow down and feel and then through the feeling, I was able to get to the bottom of the feeling and then understand what was needed to then come up stronger. And there's a process, it's actually called process and training that I went through for coaching. There's a five-part training that we go through. And one of the classes is called process. And it's notorious for being the one where everybody just breaks down and cries. But there's a, the whole idea is that when you get to a point in the conversation where there's evidence that there's an emotion that isn't being acknowledged, you acknowledge it, and then you allow it to do what it's supposed to do, whether it's caused you to cry, caused you to be angry, like feel whatever it is, but still continue the conversation, get to the bottom of it. Usually it'll take you somewhere that you didn't even know was there. And the thing is, it doesn't stop. There isn't an end cycle. I'm not going to say that I'm fully healed. Because um, a lot of people feel like as a coach, you need to be perfect. And as a anything, you need to be like a certain point. But literally three weeks ago, I was feeling this. I was actually triggered by something. I love being transparent. And so sometimes people might feel like it's oversharing, but I feel like it can help somebody. I was left off on red by five people. And I'm just like, it's got to be me. Like, I'll, I literally, I'm looking through the headlines, like there must have been some type of global disaster and everybody's under debris and, and something is like 
opening their messages and they're unable to get to it. And hopefully the firefighters are going to save them. Like that's where my mind had to go. Cause I'm just like, what is it that is causing all this to happen? And so I'm talking to a really good friend who like, you know, is a believer like me. And she usually gets me in check and like when it comes to, you know, spirituality and stuff. And she's just like, God wants your attention right now. He's not allowing people to respond and he's allowing them to open these messages because he wants to this to be this wound to be triggered so you can deal with it. And sure enough, I finally was like, all right, Lord, what you want? And I sat still because I, I had just come off of literally hosting an amazing retreat, incredible feedback. This is a very new concept and product offering that I'm that I have. And I was just so excited about it. And it's and yes, I'm grateful to God, but instead of, oh, and the scripture is coming to me right now is the 10 wives. I mean the 10 brides and how. Um, the 10 brides, but then also the 10 lepers, he healed them and only one came back to thank him. And here I am, God literally gave me the thing that I had been praying for since I was like early twenties. Like I have visions of me being a retreat host at 16, like helping women in the faith, women who were leaders who were burned out and neglected because usually the husband gets all the attention, find their way back to themselves, recoup, et cetera. And here I was celebrating the culmination of like a really great retreat where like he made that happen. And I was looking for somebody to tell. I'm grateful to God. We celebrated God at the end of the session, but I was just like, I wanted to tell somebody like it's happening. Like God is totally doing it. And he wanted my attention, but he also wanted me to bring attention to the, he brings attention to this wound, the wound that needed to be able to tell everybody before talking to him. And I'm getting emotional right now because this is why I'm a coach. I realized that the reason why I became a coach after leaving the nonprofit that I was working at as a director wasn't because, oh, people come to me and I'm just naturally able to give them my wisdom. They come to me because I saw them. I see people because I know what it's like to not feel seen. And I remember being in, I guess I must've been seven, eight years old and feeling completely invisible. Everyone's playing, having fun. I'm like, why is it hard for me to have fun? I'm terrified. I live in a very unsafe situation at home. My mom works around the clock. She's an immigrant. We can barely, you know, get food on the table. So there isn't time for play. There isn't time for, the, the, I didn't have much of a childhood. So I'm terrified because I remind, she's like, don't do this, don't do that. Cause she's terrified of raising kids by herself in a, in a foreign country. And so I didn't have that, but my best friend came over to me. His name is Nick. And if he ever listens to this, like, you know, I'm gonna shout you out every single chance I get, but he came over and he saw me and it, he became the person that when I was getting bullied, cause even at eight, I was getting bullied for how I looked, things that I just didn't understand. Like, why are you picking on me? Um, and he would come to my defense. And so I remember that time and I really sat with that emotion and I was able to, everything that I just said about how like it was an unsafe environment and my mom was probably at work, you know, dealing with her own trauma of living in a patriarchal society in a foreign country that's capitalistic and, you know, sexually abusive towards women. So when she came to pick us up, she, she, she was trying to figure out how to see herself. She couldn't see me. And so it helped me understand that there is a mother wound here um, we got to figure it, figure it out. Um, but I had to deal with that emotion. I was angry. I was hurt. I was broken because I was not seen and I didn't understand why. And, you know, days later I'm in bliss. I'm happy. She and I are having a great conversation because I gave it to God. I found it. I sat with it. I felt it. I understood it. And then I gave it to God. Okay, God, now that I know this is here, help me be someone different. Help me be whole in spite of it. But we don't know what we're trying to be whole in spite of if we don't ever sit with. Yes. No, I, I think that that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that that story, because I think that's such an important point, especially as 
high achieving women. Um, I'm sure a lot of us will be will be listening to this and watching this because that is the audience that that I attract is high achieving, successful women doing all of the things, taking care of all the responsibilities. And a lot of times we're just so much on the go and we feel like we can't stop, we can't rest, we can't have this introspection, but we don't realize how many things are occurring even internally because we have not addressed certain things and a lot of times unfortunately we don't realize those things until something happens like we you know get sick or we have Mm. some type of breakdown or you know something like that because we haven't allowed ourselves to stop and pause and so i definitely hope that people who are watching and listening to this episode understand the importance of that because we don't want to have or continue the habit of waiting until there is a tragedy or a trauma or a some type of unexpected situation that happens that forces us to dig deep you know we want to be able to have make that a habit because even as you said we never really completely heal we're always on a journey and so i think making a habit of taking those pauses taking those steps away on a regular basis so that we're not you know building up so much and then it takes you know this long time to release i think if we you know are in a habit of you know living life and then releasing and then living life again and then releasing you know it just seems like that is a much healthier uh rhythm to have so what what helps you with it It seems like now you kind of have that that rhythm going so what helps you to to continue i mean obviously we don't all live in tropical paradise like you do but But what helps you to remember, um, even as you're continuing to build and grow, um, to those moments to stop and rest as well? Well, I have a coach. So I love this woman so much. And coaching is kind of like a container. I know that a lot of women, as you just described, we're afraid to stop because we're afraid that if we address even one thing, we'll unravel and we'll lose control of all of the things. And so I like to see coaching as a container. When women come to me, we can talk about anything in this container. Trust that I'm not going to allow you to go back completely unraveled. Like I said, the goal is to move you forward. So it's really important that we have those safe spaces in our lives where we can unravel for a little bit. And the thing about it is we're so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. We think we're powerful by being able to hold everything together and like, you know, smarten up and, you know, brunt the the pain and stuff like that. But we're actually even more powerful than we think. We're so powerful that we can actually unpack it, unravel it and still show up. And it's not compartmentalizing. I'm actually anti-compartmentalizing because that's reality. The reality is that's what we're doing. We're compartmentalizing everything and we're just showing up and leave this out of the office and leave this out of the household and everything. But coaching is where you can just bring it all, just bring the whole mush and just dump it there. And then you have someone who's serving your agenda who can help you pick it apart together so that you can figure out, okay, what am I walking away with? What do I need to get rid of? How do I show up knowing that this is here? And then what's the journey to making it com- bring, making it completely clear and making me completely whole. And so that's what I've discovered about coaching. So whenever it comes to like looking forward to my coach, I'm like, how many days is it? Okay, bet. 
that is going to get dealt with on Thursday. That, that little remark, that little smart remark that I don't really know how to respond to you about right now, because I know that it's probably going to be out of emotion and I don't understand where that emotion is coming from just yet. Me and Beth, we're going to talk about that. Beth is like a 60 or 70 year old white woman who just like holds me in her embrace. And I just love her. You got to find a coach that works for you. That's the other thing is like, not everyone is for everybody. I'm not the coach for everybody. If you're listening to this and you resonate, then we maybe can work together, but I'm not everyone's coach. So finding that safe space and knowing that you have it, knowing that, okay, I can get through this moment so that when I get here, I can unravel whatever it is that's going on inside of me. But it's not just that. There's needs to be a lifestyle. You need to cultivate a lifestyle where you can have that. Even if it's that five minutes when everybody's asleep, where you can just, okay, whew, what just happened today? How did I feel when that happened? What am I doing about how I felt when that happened? Because a lot of times we just use that moment to just like acknowledge our brokenness. And we're just like, everyone hates me and everything is wrong with me. And I can't keep doing this, but we smarten back up and we just like look forward to another day. Wow. But we really need to just sit with those emotions, write about them, feel them, have that in your, um, in your lifestyle as well. There's the daily, then there's the coaching. But if you aren't able to have the, um, a coach, just an hour. I like to see my, my, my sessions as a retreat within your day, a retreat within your week. So for one hour, you're retreating away from all the obligations, all the stuff, all the demands, everybody else's wants, and you're now focused on you. What's going on inside of you? What are the things that you've been neglecting? Whether it's appointments that you haven't made or taken, why are we afraid of the doctor? Why are we afraid of these appointments? Let's deal with that emotion. Okay, now how do we show up knowing that we um, that emotion exists? What are the conversations we haven't been able to have, whether it's with our partner or with our boss? What are all the things that we've just like packed away? We can pull them out in this container and then we can deal with them. And then usually by the time you get on the other side of the container, the thing, let me just remind y'all, we will not unravel. We One, God is completely holding us in the embrace, in his embrace. How is he able to keep the stars in the sky and name them one by one? All these planets just like holding themselves up. He's holding things together. He can hold you together as you walk with him. So don't be afraid to like surrender things to him, whether it's with a coach or just in your prayer time, just everything. Because we have a lot of Christians walking around um, myself included at a time that are just like going to God with only certain things stuff that we feel comfortable enough to bring to him and he's like tapping his foot like bruh I would love to deal with that but if we could deal with this over here you would get that done quicker um and so you know I'll have conversations with women and they'll be like yeah we talked about this this and that and I'm just like well, what about that and they're like oh wow I've never actually brought that to him I've never actually asked him that question and so it's a chance for us to really see ourselves what are we holding back what's hidden what's tucked away, why is it tucked away? Okay, let's peel it back together. Wow. And it's safe space. Yes. So that we can get the tools to no longer fear that thing and then show up as the woman that we're supposed to be. Yes, yes. No, that that is amazing. And I think that is a perfect note um, to conclude on because I think just developing that rhythm of rest and that rhythm of reflection is so important to do on a regular basis just so we are not as you said not afraid of those emotions and not stuffing them not ignoring them because there's so much more that we can do and so much more that we can um 
just a bigger impact that we can make. And so a lot of the times the things that we want, the success that we're longing for, the help that we want to give people, the transformation that we want to give people, it can happen even so much more easily once we are taking that time to be whole ourselves. So, yeah. So thank you so, so much, Becca. This has been an amazing, beautiful conversation. Thank you everyone for listening in to my girl time with Becca because <laughs> I definitely have been wanting this conversation for so long. So I am, I definitely appreciate you all for um, listening in. So Becca, before we let you go, let us know what you are doing right now. I know you have some things in the works, but if there's anyone who has been listening to this and it's just like, Becca is my girl, I need her in my life, what can they do? So first, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that it has been a blessing. I can be found at your fave life coach on Instagram, at your fave LC on Twitter. My full name, Rebecca Bachray with two B's and two C's on Facebook or LinkedIn and coachingwithbex.com is my current website, soon to be yourfavelifecoach.com. That's loading. Like I said, the whole relaunch and rebrand is coming, but find me on Instagram, follow me to stay tuned for those things like the, the brand launch, the website launch, the services launch. And the book launch, that's so important. I'm launching a book. It's called Go Be Her. It's going to be a book of daily inspiration, not dated, but just that you can flip to and allow the spirit to minister to you something that will help you gain the confidence that you need to go into that day. Retreating with yourself is so important. And so I've cultivated all these different ways for women to retreat within so that they can discover what's blocking them from being that woman so that you can go be her. And the, pro the, real, the truth of the matter is you are already her. That woman 10 years from now, that woman 50 years from now that has the legacy and has the grandbabies that are playing around her while she gets to relax, you're already her and channeling her wisdom into your day will allow you to be able to walk more boldly and confidently in these things. It's gonna combat imposter syndrome. It's gonna combat confusion within the faith, all types of things. The goal is to daily retreat with yourself so that you can have a prompt or something to help you clear the path to becoming her more freely. And that will be out very soon. I don't have a date yet, but before the end of the year, it'll be out. But follow me on at your fave life coach to stay tuned with all of the things. Yes, excellent. Well, we will make sure we put that in the show notes so everyone will be able to follow. And Becca, it has been a beautiful conversation, beautiful time catching up with you. I'm so excited for all that you're doing, all that God is revealing to you and showing you. And I cannot wait to see what is next for you so much. It was a blessing. All right. Thank you so much for following. And also, if you want to follow me, you can go to uh, my Instagram, which is smccoyjoy, S-M-C-C-O-Y joy. I am a publicist and my website is missionkeycommunications.com. Thank you all so much for joining and we will see you again on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know what you thought about today's show. If you enjoyed it, please give us a five-star rating, leave us a comment, and share with a friend. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy, and you can find me on Instagram at smccoyjoy. That's S-M-C-C-O-Y, joy. 
If you're a business owner in need of public relations or communications support, reach out to us at missionkeycommunications.com. We also want to hear about your confidence and creativity journey. Send us an email or DM with your story and you might be featured on an upcoming show. Until next time, show up confidently. 